1: Favorite around here, David Harsani, because we've uh, we've like quoted liberally from a couple of his articles recently. Liberally on different topics. Uh, the other day, it was his uh, going through the different kind of fake fact checking that I really enjoyed.
0: That was a terrific yeah. piece. David Harsani is the senior editor of the Federalist. He's also the author of a new book, which I am looking forward to reading. First Freedom: A Ride Through America's Enduring History with the Gun. David, how are you, sir? Thanks for having me again. Oh, it's our pleasure. That piece Jack just referenced was absolutely great.
2: I appreciate it. I appreciate uh,
0: it. How fact-checking is just completely degenerated. Happy Valentine's Day, by oh, the way. Oh, stop it. So, <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate yeah, it. I've never, I've never felt Mr. Harsani's skull, but I don't think he's such a soft head that he wants to talk about that. So, so, hey, listen, it's funny. In scanning the many, many headlines this morning, I've become aware that more and more people on the left, more and more pro-environmental quote-unquote people, are are saying to AOC and the Green New Dealers, hey, thanks for making us look like idiots. So, so the criticism is starting to come from those quarters as well.
2: Well, I think what they really mean is, why were you so honest about what we want to do in the long run, right? Um, you jumped the gun here, you know. Um obviously they don't want to tell you what they you know the things that they want to engage in to get this project of theirs done but the fact is that AOC is right if you if you want to eliminate fossil fuels in 10 years you're going to have to do something authoritarian you're going to have to tell people how to live their lives you're going to have to coerce them and you're going to have to get rid of the energy they use that's the only way to do it Otherwise, you're not being serious. and when you say that you're not going to use any nuclear energy, you're probably not being very serious anyway.
1: Well, so do you think they believe that? We're trying to figure out what's going on here in a lot of our theory is that it was simple is similar to Trump going around saying, we're gonna build a giant wall and Mexico's going to pay for it. And very few people Trump I mean, I listened to that and I thought Mexico's not gonna pay for the wall, but but I understood that he is he cared about this issue more than most people have in the past. Is that what AOC's trying to do? Just go so far over the top, she's the leader of this issue? Because they can't actually believe this stuff.
2: Yeah, It's hard for it's hard to believe that they actually believe or she actually believes that we can do that stuff, but I think that their beliefs, sort of socialistic or even environmentalistic beliefs, are kind of like how people believe in religion. Now, I'm not saying religion is not true. I'm saying that you have to have some kind of blind faith to do it and that you just assume... That because you believe these things so strongly that anything can be done, you know, that, that, that your faith can do anything, including getting rid of all our energy sources.
0: Well, well my opinion uh, on this sort of thing is usually there's a coalition of s- s- different sorts of people, including the true believers, the, the uh, dewy-eyed, pie-in-the-sky, 20-something bartenders of the world who actually believe that, that we can eliminate all fossil fuels in a very, very short time. Just because they have no patience for actually doing mathematics. And then you have the strivers who think, okay, that's a little out there, but you know, I'm in favor of this stuff, generally speaking. So, what the heck? I'll be, I'll go along. That's your Amy Klobuchar's so who knows better, you know. Um, but then, then there are the cynics understand, okay, this is a great political hammer I can hit my opponents in the forehead with, and if I'm Al Gore, I can make zillions of dollars based on the dewy-eyed dopes of the world. And so I just think those people come together, and that's how you get a political movement going.
2: Yeah, no, I think you're right. And Populism, in a sense, is telling people what they want to hear. There's no way Kamala Harris thinks we're going to get rid of all our fossil fuels in 10 years. I don't believe that she believes that and and there are others the there's one other group by the way is like nancy pelosi who immediately realized this was going to be politically problematic and sort of ripped it she knows that uh some of this sounds completely crazy what i think happened was all these coalitions came together against trump you know the the the, the sort of more strident you were about it the more popular you got and then one day we had to hear what these people, you know, the ideas these people had. And then you're like, oh my God, they're crazy, you know. And um, I think that, that Democrats are going to have to work that out.
1: One other interesting angle of this to me is. Um and, and Trump did this by tweeting. He could bypass the Republican party or a lot of the power brokers and, and reach people and, and get his own power base. And AOC has done that also. We're into a new era now. You don't have to wait your turn to get on the right committees and wait till the party's behind you to become a, a star. AOC being in Congress for a couple of months has had the conversation dominating, um, uh, story for, for a couple of weeks now.
2: Yeah, and I would say that she's actually, at least from my point of view, a likable person. Sure. Who touches on certain things that are actually people view as, as problems. You know, with, you know, the same sort of things actually that Trump did about how you know the system's rigged and it's unfair for a lot of people and so on. So I don't think we should underestimate her. She's obviously she has she has a great reach, but um, I think that. What happens is within the Democratic Party there are people who've been around a long time and they understand that in the end you have to make something work for the American people or they turn on you, and uh, Trump has sort of done that. Uh, you know, AOC is long, far away from from really getting anything done yet.
1: Yeah, but she's not the last person that's going to figure out oh, that. Oh no, that that the you know social media following and, and, and Twitter or however you're going to go about it is that's that's the way politics I, is going to work. And isn't populism going to go into like hyperspeed now?
2: It's in hyperspeed. Also, I just want to say, I mean, it's not just her. She was sort of, you know, they put her on the cover of fashion magazines and put her on CNN all the time, and a lot of people lifted her up as a sort of spokesman for for this move, for spokesperson for this movement. So she she had some help, and obviously that has to do with her. You know that she is cuteness. Michael how hot
1: Jackson. she is! We think we think two thirds <laughs> of her popularity is her being hot. I think if she was a short, fat, bald guy with exactly the same ideas, you I wouldn't even know who she I was. Have
2: the same theory, except there's Bernie Sanders. Why is he so popular? Yeah, good point. Excellent yeah, yeah. point.
0: Why don't you shut up over there? Huh? That was sexist. What I said. Yes, it was. It was horrifying and uh, anti-bald. Uh, David Harsani is the senior editor for the Can Federalist. I can't, yeah. I can't
2: believe it's sexist to say that someone's attractive. I mean, it doesn't that just seems like a compliment to right. me, no? Right.
0: So, yeah, I agree with both of you guys. I think we're we're entering uh, what's going to be an incredibly peripatetic, frantic, giant personality coming to the fore and commanding all of our attention and mobilizing the marchers and 3 weeks later as Chris Rock said, in a day gone to day. Right. But <laughs> but we'll I guess we'll live through it. Hey, uh, David, listen, because we're stubborn and 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 bitter and boring, we won't let people forget that the one existential threat against the United States of America is our own uh, irresponsible spending and our national debt. Any thoughts on the uh, debt passing twenty-two mil? Or I'm sorry, twenty-two trillion?
2: A million, yeah, um, please. Yeah, it's, it's horrifying. I mean, it's out of control. No one is serious about it. No one's ever been really serious about it. Um, no one wants to do the work. And obviously, the work of, of trying to stop that trend is to let the, you know do things that help the economy grow and also reform. Uh, reform uh, Social Security, Medicare, you know, and, and welfare programs. Nobody
1: on either side. No, y- nobody no, on either no. side. When Rand Paul brought it up on the debate stage, or Chris Christie touched on it, nobody cared.
2: Theoretically, everyone's into it until you touch something they want, and uh, government basically touches, you know, seventy percent of people in some way, so they don't want to cut their own spending. Um, it's just, its at one point, it'll be a disaster, well, and right. no one did anything about it. Yeah,
1: one of my favorite quotes is, I think it was from a Mark Stein book, if, uh, if something can't continue, it will end. I mean, it <laughs> yeah. seems very childlike, but it is true. You can't continue like this, so it's going to end. so how about we think about what that's going to look like?
0: Please. You're boring me. No voter <laughs> wants to hear that. you are You're at a party in the 90s, and everybody's doing blow. And you're standing up and saying, cocaine, it's bad for your health, and I don't think we should buy any more. I mean, you just <laughs> right. shut up! Right.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the disaster's always far off, and then people sort of... It, uh, the debt is a far more serious problem than climate change, in my opinion, at least. Oh, and, sure. um, and we do nothing about it. We don't even pretend anymore to want to do anything about it. Every program that people... Even Trump, in some sense, and every program that liberals want will cost trillions of more dollars, and... Um, and there's no way to pay for it because no one's going to raise taxes on most people. Oh. Even if you raise taxes on the rich, it's just a, it's a piddling amount compared to what you're spending.
1: There's so many things I'd like to ask you about. We've got to bring this up because we've talked about it so much this week. The most depressing thing we've seen in the news this week. Ah, We're on from angry to depressing. Is, this, this is the <laughs> proof that democracy will not work. All right, That so many people that liked the, Trump's big tax cut. Now, because their refunds are smaller, are turning on Trump because they don't understand the difference between tax rates and refunds.
2: That is proof that democracy will not work, is it not? It is. I, I once wrote a book against democracy. Democracy is a disaster. People are terrible. Um, but here's the thing. Kamala Harris actually tweets out. Right. That, you know, I and mean, got
1: four Pinocchios for it.
2: Maybe. Yeah, we're, we're screwed. But, you know... Um, in the end, people don't feel a tax cut if they are not writing, out, you know, if they're not getting refund checks, which is a, the problem of the taxation system where everyone should write out a check to begin with. Yep. And then they'd understand what was going on.
0: Are you a uh, fair tax guy, David? If you could wave your magic wand and, and just completely reform the utter nightmare that is the United States tax code, uh, which way would you go?
2: Um, I probably just. Probably just want eh, maybe a slightly progressive, straightforward taxation, c- cutting most um, most uh, most of the stuff. You know, the postcard thing that Ted Cruz right. was for. I'm fine mm-hmm. with that. I mean, listen, it's so out it's so outlandish to believe that we're ever going to reform the tax system. That I don't even you know I don't even know if I'm for the fair tax anymore. I remember not loving it for certain reasons, but I don't exactly remember why.
0: Well, you know, we've said many times that uh, if you were to propose the current tax system. Um, the, the response would be 100% negative. I mean, how could it be anything but? It is, it is theft. It is rapine. It is bizarre. It is it, uh, uh, mobbed up. It's, it's a hundred kinds of bad. And yet every proposal to do anything serious about it is graded with, Oh, no, we better not. That might have a downside, which again is another example of why democracy is doomed. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, who you know, it's 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 racketeering basically. You you know, you're paying yourself, and then you're proposing more policies that bring in more money or spend more money, and and you have there's no responsibility to balance it out. I mean, I'm not for a balanced budget amendment for a few reasons, but the idea that you don't even have to worry about balancing anything hmm. out. It's crazy. No one lives their lives like that.
0: Uh, final topic, because I know you're writing about it, is uh, Mitch McConnell's maneuver to get a vote on the Green New Deal. Um, it's, it's snarky-licious. I, I have a feeling I know exactly what he's doing, but what's his point?
2: His point is that uh, he wants these guys, you know, he this is a, a show bill to begin with, the, the bill, at, you know, the resolution itself on the Green New Deal, so why not vote on it? Um You know, he's pouncing on them by allowing them to vote. He's seizing on their actual beliefs to make them look bad, et cetera, et cetera. Um, It's just an assertion of intent. It's a resolution. Why wouldn't they want to vote on it? It makes zero sense. I mean, obviously, I know why they don't because of the AOC uh, fact sheet. But um, I think it's a great move. Let them vote on it. And, uh, you know, it's been done before. Democrats do it, too. It's not new in D.C., but, I mean, why not?
0: Well, yeah, and it's funny, the response from the left that McConnell's a cynic and this is a maneuver and everything, having a vote on what we're proposing. I mean
2: it's the just... thing itself is a resolution, right? right So it's not even like a bill that's percolating or something. It's just a resolution saying that you want to move forward on this idea. Why wouldn't they want to vote? to move forward on the idea that they put forward. They, they filed this resolution themselves.
0: Well, right, know? well, because they understand it's completely ridiculous, but they're yeah. afraid of that outer 10% of the coalition that's uh, madly in love with the whole thing. So and by, always- by
2: the way, presidential candidates who are in the Senate... Have endorsed it. Why shouldn't they be able to vote on it for real? It doesn't make any sense.
0: David Arsani, senior editor of The Federalist. His new book, First Freedom, A Ride Through America's Enduring History with the Gun. David, it's always fun. Uh, Thanks a million for spending a couple minutes.
2: Anytime. Thanks for having me. I got a funny
1: tweet on that. There's also a new poll out on um, uh, uh, how people feel about the wall is changing. It looks like there's some movement on that. People are liking the wall more and more. Well, again, yeah, if you add a little nuance to the question whatsoever, the number changes completely. One of my favorite musicians is having a big hashtag Me Too moment. In the New York Times, and the CBS early show, I sang Good Morning America. Whether that matters. Oh, Jeff Bezos' story has got an update that changes it quite a bit. If you haven't heard this.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. I- I'll let you work that desk. I'm too good to engage in gossip. I'm... Um, mm. I'm celebrating Frederick Douglass Day today with quotes from the great American. In fact, now would seem like a good time. There's been a lot of cynicism in this segment, so I'm going to give you a little Frederick Douglass. Stand by. The page is reloading.
1: I just think that Jeff Bezos' story is so romantic on this Valentine's Day.
0: Oh, boy. it Turn down to Nirvana a little bit, Michael. You're making me crazy. Um, uh, Here you go. The American people have to learn this. That where justice is denied, where poverty is enforced, where ignorance prevails, and where any one class is made to feel that society is an organized conspiracy to oppress, rob, and degrade them, neither person nor property is safe. I'll be. Damned. I have my own interpretation of that. I think there are entire swaths of America that are intentionally kept down because they're a reliable political coalition. But more on that to. Come. So all that stuff I mentioned coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: Denny's is offering a Valentine's Day promotion allowing customers to get married at its Las Vegas location. And if you want a honeymoon, they'll give you the bathroom key. Huh?
1: <laughs> I think that's a shot of the classiness of Denny's customers, Oof. which I don't appreciate. Oof. So on this Valentine's Day, we should talk about the romance of the Jeff Bezos love <sighs> affair. Um, there's new information out on that. First of all, i would never gotten around to reading this Atlantic piece. Yeah, it's in the Atlantic. Of why do smart people send nudes? Because that's one thing I wondered: is why is a guy in his fifties who's high profile sending around pictures of his junk? Just seems like a bad idea. But uh, for younger people, and then you know, if you're single again, you you would you would uh, you know you would do it what other people are doing. When in Rome, it's younger people because when you're when you're older and been married for a while, you're probably not sending junk to each other. You're junked each other in your phone. No. I'll be home tonight. How about I just show it to you then if you want to see it? As opposed to it being out there in the internet somewhere.
0: Yeah, not a lot of changes to report. Uh,
1: <laughs> roughly the same as status quo. It was last week. Yes. Um, But 80% of young adults have sent or received an explicit message or photo. 80%. So it's, as it says here in the Atlantic, it's just part of. It's a normative sexual experience now. It's just part of courtship.
0: An explicit message included in that? Yeah, absolutely. I it's, believe
1: that. It's uh, to tell them you're having sexual thoughts about them, to convey sexual plans that you might have with them later
0: on. It's just part of courtship now. Other than a sense of caution that something might get hacked, why wouldn't you do that with your lover? It's uh, read the read the great passionate letters of various, you know, lovers and couples through history. Everybody does it. Yeah, the picture though. I mean, I can
1: understand yeah, that's the message of the picture. Yeah. I mean, because cameras have been around for quite a while. I was never going to take a Polaroid shot of my 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 really? nether regions. Why do you think Polaroids were invented? Hey, take a look at this. Huh? What do you think of this? Want to see this later? I've I just, just dropped something in the mail for you. I think you'll enjoy. Here's the Bezos update, anyway. According to uh, Howard, what's his name from Fox News, the media reporter guy? Oh yeah, uh, he's he's got sources who say perfect. it wasn't his mistress's brother, as everybody's reporting. She shared that stuff with a bunch of her friends, and so Bezos's expensive investigative team he hired. Has turned up that his girlfriend, his mistress, shared this stuff willingly to a whole bunch of girlfriends.
0: Whoa. The National
1: Enquirer didn't hack anything. Uh-oh. His wife put it out there, so he's got a—he's going to have to take a different view. Marshall's news coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. So the point is, it still could have been extortion from the National Enquirer, the way they handled uh, their communication with Bezos. Right. But it's a slightly different story now that there was no hacking or illicit taking of this stuff. She was sharing it with a bunch of her friends, and one of
0: them sold it to the Enquirer. Here's a question for you. Um, Why would... If, if the National Enquirer finds out Bezos has launched an investigation into where they got those texts, and the answer is, your girlfriend's telling everybody, well, then why'd the Enquirer l- lawyers send letters saying, uh, you call off the dogs, or uh, we're going to publish pictures of your junk? What do they care? Why wouldn't they say, yeah, go ahead, investigate it all day long? I'm don't. i I'm not quite clear on that. Good question. Don't know. Good question. I got the mind of a detective, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs>
1: Uh, boy. Oh. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Now, Trump- There's love in the air, by the way. That's
3: what that smell is. <laughs> that love in the air. Is. Valentine's Day. All right. President Trump is slamming former FBI acting director Andrew McCabe, calling him disgraced. In an interview with CBS News 60 Minutes, McCabe said he believed Trump fired FBI director James Comey to obstruct the Russia investigation. Trump tweeting today. Trump! disgraced fbi acting director andrew mccabe pretends to be a poor little angel when in fact he was a big part of the crooked hillary scandal in the russia hoax a puppet for leaking james comey and his ig report of mccabe was devastating part of insurance policy in case i won many of the top fbi brass were fired forced to leave or left mccabe's wife received big dollars from clinton people for her campaign he gave Hillary a pass. McCabe is a disgrace to the FBI. Jiminy, is this one tweet? No, what, this is two tweets. McCabe is a disgrace to the FBI and a disgrace to our country. Make America great again. End of tweets. You know, you could, you could
1: quibble with a
3: lot of that stuff.
1: You can't quibble with he's a disgrace to the FBI. Can you? There's no quibbling with that. He no, got fired. The Office
0: of the Inspector General found he lied four times, three times under oath. And he still may go to jail. Right.
3: The trial is over, and the Mexican drug lord Joaquin El Chapo Guzman faces life in prison. And now the Wall Street Journal has taken a look at just how astonishing the business operation, which prosecutors say netted him $14 billion in drug profits, really was. Some of the highlights, breaking it down by departments. HR, for example. The cartel established a payroll for corrupt officials who escorted drug shipments and tipped off cartel members about law enforcement operations. The uh, salaries for corrupt officials exceeded a million dollars a month. <sighs> wow! Going over to accounting, the cartel—you used- know what
1: really helps your business and the ability to have a lot of money to throw around when you're in the drug business—is you don't pay taxes. Mm. So it's all profit. Yep. You take in, you know, five hundred million dollars in profit. You get to keep it all. Well, you don't p- have to give half of it back to the government. Although he paid the government. In a way. Yep. Yeah, but so, so I don't know how much he was. I wonder what
0: his rate was.
1: Yeah, I don't know how much he made a year, but if you gave the president of Mexico $100 million, $100 million, it probably was much less than your
0: taxes would have been. Well, right. If, if, if he had to shave 10% of his profits off to bribe officials. That's a good
3: that'd tax rate. That would be a rate. considerable amount of money. That's a fabulous tax rate. I'd sign up for it now. <laughs> as far as accounting goes, the cartel used debit cards that could be loaded up with as much as $9,900 per card because unlike cash which is made up of linen that can absorb drug residue and attract drug sniffing dogs Morf. debit cards can be easily cleaned and yeah, as far as like lo- thought of everything as far as logistics goes workers installed train spurs secondary tracks inside warehouses in cities like Chicago and New York where they could park the trains and sledgehammered the drugs out of the metal walls without arousing law enforcement suspicion. S- sledgehammered ah. the... What now? They no. had the drugs in the walls they, of the train. Yes. Oh, I see.
0: Okay, I thought the walls of the warehouse.
3: No. What? Okay, no. got it. Sorry, but, wrong walls. Bottom line, the report says El Chapo's empire rivaled governments and multinational companies in its power and sophistication. Oh, but it did. Boy, i tell you. I, if only El Chapo had used his, uh, his his talents for good and not evil. Talented guy, obviously. And it turns out singer-songwriter Ryan Adams is accused of sexually harassing... One of and, my musical heroes. One of my favorite all-time musicians. Oh, great. Hashtag me too, Jack. Adams stands accused of sexually harassing and abusing women. Almost 20 women, including his ex-wife Mandy Moore, have lodged allegations in him in a New York Times report yesterday. Many of them claim he dangled career opportunities in front of him while trying to have sex with him. Moore claims he was psychologically abusive and belittled her musical abilities, while Adam's ex-fiancee, Megan Butterworth, says he was controlling and emotionally abusive. He is also accused of having a graphic and inappropriate online relationship with a 16 year old girl. Who was telling him that she was 18. Right. Yeah, I read that whole piece, and that,
0: that part is, yeah, that's that's not cool. There was a lot either.
1: of it, and not, not because I care about standing up for Ryan Adams, who I'm sure is a nut job. Um, uh, just a lot of it just sounded like kind of business as usual to me, really. So a record producer tells some young hot chick, I'm going to make you a star, and then hits on her. There are songs about
0: that. <laughs> and then she's
1: disappointed that he's, he's interested in hitting on her.
0: So He wasn't uh, raping her like Harvey Weinstein. Right. Listen, you know, when the, he, was, he started a band called Whiskey Town in the 90s. The 90s? Roughly. And uh, they're fantastic, and both Jack and I love the album. And uh, it was universally known within two years of that album coming out. It's a great album, by the way. Get it. Um, that he was an unstable, neurotic, drug addict, and drunk. I mean, dude is troubled. And everybody right. knew it. Right. He'd start fights with his band. He'd walk out of gigs two <laughs> songs in. I mean, he was just wildly unstable. So listen, he was a crappy boyfriend. He was a bad boyfriend and trouble, girls. But most of the article struck me that he was just a bad boyfriend.
1: So are we going to have the same standards in music and movies and TV and all that sort of stuff that we have in the regular workplace? I suppose you could make the argument that we should. I don't know how realistic that is. You can't repeatedly hit on people at the the insurance company. Repeatedly hit on the same girl over and over and over again. You
0: can't do that. You'll get in trouble with HR. Are
1: you going to have that in the the world of the uh, music? Maybe you should. I just don't know how
0: realistic it is. Uh, Yeah, the idea of saying, hey, I'm going to make you a star when his real interest was having sex with her. I mean, obviously, that's that's not something I would do. That's not the way I would choose to live my life. I think he's a bad guy. But, again, we need gradations of these things. You know, he wasn't raping anybody. He was just a crappy boyfriend.
1: Well, I'll tell you, I, I never heard anybody say this, but I've assumed it all along. A couple of years ago, when Taylor Swift had her monumental album 1989, Ryan Adams covered the entire album. He did his own version right. of the album 1989, and I now am certain. I thought at the time, I thought he's just trying to get into her pants. <laughs> he just thinks she'll be so impressed with this, with his ad, ad- ador- adoration of his her album, yeah. that they'll get together. She being way out, you know above that league, was yeah. like yeah, what that's kind of weird. All right, whatever. Yeah, thanks.
3: Glad you like the songs. Because <laughs> that was a weird thing to do. Yeah. It was an interesting choice. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. The uh, the fabulous and clever Liz Fair once released an album that was
0: a song by song reply to the Rolling Stones' Exile on Main Street. Do you think she was trying to get into mixed
1: pants? No, that's not what Ryan Adams was up to. All right. Um. Uh. Yeah. Well. You know. I don't. I don't want the industries to be like light- way. But oh no, I don't a, think it's cool. If you're a young hot woman and a guy in a music business says, "Hey, I can make you a star," have your eyes wide open. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose you shouldn't have to. In a perfect world, it's always been that way in the entertainment oh, business. Oh, please!
0: Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. Know. I, maybe it's that we're in the <laughs> As the great Don Geronimo used to say the lowest rung of show business. Yeah, I've kind of caught on to the fact that people pretend to like us when we're on the way up. Yeah, I got that. And it's true with pretty girls, too. I'd suggest you figure that out before you get into show business. People are a little phony. What do we got coming up, Joe? Jack, some really, really revealing poll numbers on the immigration debate, the wall, the the, the, the ports of entry, the illegal, everything.
1: Yeah, attitudes seem to be changing on the wall. And or... The questions have just been asked in such a wildly prejudicial way, you don't know what people think. All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: Armstrong and Getty.
0: The conscience Of 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 the nation.
2: Strong
1: and Getty Show. I've been looking for gotcha. You're playing Brian Adams. Bah-Ryan Adams. Not Ryan Adams. To antagonate a Ryan Adams? He's accused in the New York Times of a hashtag Me Too problem. But mm, interesting. Yeah. Brian Adams does not like being
0: confused with Brian Adams. Well, that's fine. So, uh, every time the president points out a heinous crime committed by an illegal immigrant... Various uh, thinkers reply with the fact check uh, immigrants actually commit crimes at a lower rate than domestic, than native born people. That is such an idiotic argument. I'm going to play you a clip. Not because I want to portray immigrants or illegal immigrants as a class as one thing or another, but to help illustrate what an idiotic argument that is.
3: Illegal immigrants were convicted of 1,641 homicides, nearly 1,300 kidnappings, almost 4,000 sexual assaults, and nearly 30,000 assaults. The
0: question is not the rate at which people commit crimes i have big
1: quibbles with that number
0: anyway right because the way they arrive at it is troublesome but anyway right back to your point but it's the crimes did you hear all those thousands and thousands of crimes each of which has a victim have you ever been a victim of a violent crime Has somebody you love very much ever been a victim of a violent crime? It robs, never mind the physical trauma in many cases, it robs their joy. It increases their fear. It can cause problems in their hearts and their minds and their souls for the rest of their Days on Earth. It's a terrible thing. And those many, many thousands of crimes would not have occurred if those people were not in the country. It's not one of those economic arguments where, well, if uh, they didn't do that, somebody else would have done that. No, it doesn't work that way. So that argument is idiotic, and I'd like you to stop making it. Now, moving along. Fox News poll out recently. Um, echoes in many ways uh, all the other polls about uh, do you favor a, a U.S.-Mexico border wall. It's a little less than half. Oppose 50%, favor 46%. Those numbers bobble up and down. Um, but, yeah, if if you've heard the mainstream media mention over and over again that uh, the majority of Americans actually oppose the wall. Now, well, I have a quibble with that because the wall Usually gets back to what Trump himself said on the campaign trail, 30 feet high, concrete, border to border, which is ridiculous. But, you know, he hasn't been saying that for a very long time. He, do you have a comment on that before I get to my favorite poll result?
1: Well, it's grown from 39% to 46% since last September. So
0: right. that's yep. uh, that's significant movement. Opposed has stayed more or less the same, but the support has grown. I think as more and more people have understood that the wall means, oh, fences and barriers where it's appropriate. Listen to this, though. This is this blows my mind. Would you be in favor of a budget deal that includes money for barriers, money for other sorts of security? And humanitarian aid. In other words, the obvious sort of compromise that could have happened before the shutdown, during, after the shutdown. Or this afternoon. This afternoon, next week. Would you be in favor of the deal that Jack and I were saying for days and days and days was so easy we could get 10 randomly selected Americans in a room and they would come <laughs> up with it in an hour and a half? Do you approve of 66% Yes. Only 21% oppose it. And those are hardcore open borders types. And, you know, frankly, I'm a little surprised it's the size 20%. But a huge majority of Americans, more than three to one, says, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Which just goes to show you how stupid our politics are and how clearly they're designed to fire up the base, as they say, (laughs) and to make sure you don't anger on one side the open borders lunatics and on the other side and coulter
1: since you mentioned the word stupid i'll do this now it's this is on the um mitch mcconnell bringing up a vote on the new green deal and so a lot of people on the left are complaining about that how dare he he's just trying to embarrass people it's your idea <laughs> right. why is voting on this bothering you but here here is a jonah goldberg's tweet on that there seems to be more liberal outrage at Mitch McConnell for agreeing to let Dems vote on their own Green New Deal than there is at Gavin Newsom for killing high-speed rail. What a stupid time to be alive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I LOL'd when I read that. Oh, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. How, how do you like that? I come up with an idea. Uh, you know, I think uh, the Armstrong and Getty Show should do this in the future. And you say, why do we have a vote on that? And I say, you're just trying to embarrass me what is that what does that say well it's so obvious i'm not gonna you know i'm gonna finish the sentence you're smart enough to understand that we're gonna spend
1: 20.7 billion dollars for valentine's day today joe most of that on jewelry
0: at 3.9 i'm sorry billion dollars interrupt i gotta i never do this while we're on the air but i've got to finish my text to my wife you know what i'd like for valentine's day honey Get that cake out of the house. There's a cake in the house? Send. Yes. uh, My wife had no less than, I believe, 32 uh, women of varying ages. That's a um, lot. At the house yesterday for some sort of activity known as bunko. It's a dice game, I understand it. And I was exiled to my own bedroom with my own dog as at least one of the participants is deathly afraid of dogs, and I have a big black dog that's got good watchdog instincts and so wants to check out everybody and will run right up to you, and which would cause her to plots, and I have sympathy for that. Plots? So, uh, <laughs> so I was forced uh, to retreat to the master bedroom with its very few amenities, which included merely a nice meatloaf sandwich, bottle of wine, my iPad... Which was used for watching news and uh, going through emails and preparing for the Armstrong and Getty show, and then watching a basketball game, and then perhaps even stupider activities than that. While hanging out with my dog all night, yeah. I was not looking forward to it. Turned out to be it was like a bachelor
1: hang. Where do I get to sign up for
0: that? It was a bro hang. I kept he'd come over. You know, he was agitated for a while. Then he'd come over and sit next to me, and I'd say, "You're totally my bro, dude. This is <laughs> this is great. This is cool. Hanging out." <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm a little surprised the top expenditure for Valentine's Day
0: is jewelry. I wouldn't have guessed that. Eh, It's probably because, you know, you can get 270 guys buying candies to balance out one guy who buys a diamond. And and you, guy who buys a diamond, settle down. (laughs) Cut it out. I'm really bringing the national average down for how much people are spending (laughs) on
1: Valentine's Day. Evening out, $3.5 billion. Clothing, $2.1 billion. Here's a pantsuit.
0: Uh, It's got to be lingerie, utterly impractical lingerie. The naughty stuff. Oh,
1: yeah. With a lot of strings and laces and stuff. Made made of licorice. Buckles. Why so many buckles? $1.9 billion on flowers and candy, $1.8 billion. I'm probably going to go flowers and candy. The kids. I'll pick up uh, Sam from school with Henry, and we'll go to a store, and we'll get Mom some stuff, and that'll be fun for all of
0: us. Ah, so, yeah, okay, yeah, a child's conception of an adult, yeah. uh, adult relationship well, would include... Some yeah. sort dessert after dinner. That's thing. nice. Everybody will be happy. You want some cake? Big, right now, yes. so there I am, emerging from my bro date with my bro Baxter. And I don't know. I may have had one more glass of wine than I needed. I don't recall. Um, And and I come out, and there's this giant chocolate chocolate cake. Oof! Chocolate cake, chocolate icing with fresh raspberries on the top. And I had the self-control of a hungry gorilla. I mean, I just, I attacked the thing. Did you you use your hands, hands, or did you stick your face in it? Both hands and face. Sweeping it into my hands like a giant, you know. One of those street sweepers. I was like... I always
1: tell my kids that. I'm so hungry, I'm not even going to use my hands. I'm just going (laughs) to stick my face in the plate. Chew and smear it around on my
0: face. (laughs) And and I had... uh, It was like a relationship with Ryan Adams, Uh, honestly. (laughs) As I dug into it, I was so excited and enjoying it so much. Then a while passed, and I thought, this is probably a bad idea. And then by the time I finished eating cake, I was deeply ashamed. Hence my text. Get that cake out of the house.
1: Yeah, don't need it around. If it's not around, I'm not going to eat it. I'm not going to
0: stop and buy one. If it's there, I'll eat it. If it's not there, I won't. It's, it's just simple math. In every minute, I, s- I think I ought to text her, keep it around one more day. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no! Get it out! Do it now while you have the strength.
1: If you love me, get it out! Former FBI director taking on Trump in a new book and a 60 Minutes interview, and we're going to have that throughout the show, along with a variety of other things. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.